Hello and welcome to Unipers Market Insights. My name is Florian Oberländer and after the summer break, we are now back with really interesting topics. We will discuss the developments at the gas markets, talk about green energy and also travel from Vancouver to Singapore. But of course, we will not travel alone. We will take Unipers Chief Analyst Gregor Peck with us. Hi, Gregor. Hi, Florian. Yeah, good to see you again. Good to see you too. And, um, you know, good good to see that you made it safe, safely back from Vancouver, where you were in July. Mm -hmm. And uh, not for vacation purposes, but to attend the LNG conference. Can you tell us a little bit about the mood at the um, at the exhibition and also, you know, what are the latest trends in the LNG business? Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, no <clears throat> vacation, but very uh, fascinating scenery indeed, and also very fascinating discussions on increasingly decarbonization of uh, LNG in particular. So it was for me great to see that uh, the Canadian LNG projects um, uh, focus, really focus on, on decarbonization, for example, using renewable energy to power the uh, the compressors they, they need to liquefy the, uh, the natural gas um, and so on. And uh, also the uh, LNG supplies that, of course, the, because it's the west coast of Canada, uh, mostly are um, uh, intended to go to the Asian markets uh, where uh, LNG uh, can play an important role in decarbonization of those markets. Competition is mostly coal, so it's very important that they can use gas instead from a decarbonization perspective. Um, also very fascinating to see how these projects um, include um, the people uh, basically where these uh, projects are uh, located and uh, that's mainly in Canada and these areas of the, the First Nations and how they are included in these projects and uh, have uh, own uh, shares in these projects that was also for me interesting to see and I didn't know that before. So that was quite uh, quite educating for me from that perspective as well. Sounds very interesting and, and I can just confirm Vancouver, one of my favorite cities, really, really nice. Mm -hmm. um, but let's stay with LNG for a little bit because, you know, this this was one of the reasons why we saw um, quite a volatile development at the gas market uh, the last couple yeah. of weeks, mm -hmm. even though we see healthy fundamentals. Um, can you give us a little bit of an insight what the drivers were there? Yeah, indeed. So the gas uh, um, summer was so far not so quiet. <clears throat> Normally, the summer season is, is of course quite boring in, in the in the in the gas business. Uh, you try to fill the storage, which we did. So we have over ninety percent in Europe uh, uh, storage uh, filling levels. So that was good. But apart from that, um, uh, quite uh, interesting, I would say, because we uh, we we saw some. Um, not real supply disruptions, but um, discussions about that, in particular from uh, Australian um, LNG facilities where there was discussion on strike and industrial action. So uh, that affected <clears throat> slightly more than 10% of the world's LNG supply. And you might ask, why does it affect us in Europe? Because that's um, Australia, that's far away. But um, uh, if these supplies then are missing in Asia, where these cargoes uh, predominantly go, uh, then that has an effect on um, the suppliers that balance the markets, in particular Qatar, but also increasingly the US, where cargoes then go to uh, Asia instead of uh, Europe. And that has an effect then 
on European prices. And even if it's uh, anticipated that this would happen, um, this also has a uh, has already has an effect on the psychology of markets and on the price of uh, of gas in Europe. So that we saw this summer. We've discussed this in this forum um, a couple of times that uh, the market is walking a tightrope between uh, um, enough supply or, or even oversupply temporarily yeah, in, in summer months. Um, and on the other hand, then tightness in cases uh, infrastructure gets disrupted. This is exactly what we have seen with prices then um, rising from well well below 30 uh, euros per megawatt hour to over 40, almost yeah. 50 euros per megawatt hour. And that was uh, what we saw this summer. Yeah, the false comfort zone, as we called it. Yes, like, uh, yeah. I think it's, it has proven uh, to, to be right. Um, and from from what I could see, I think the they, they kind of found a solution down in Australia with with uh, one of the producers there. So that's also reflected in, in the gas prices right away, where we see uh, prices coming down a little bit. Mm -hmm. However, it's, uh, I think it's something we will uh, continue to watch then and report on the yeah, next episode. All happens, it yeah. all happens very quickly. We saw that within days that we saw these price movements. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and the developments at the gas markets, of course, you know, filter through to uh, developments of the power prices mm -hmm. um, because of the fuel mix and production of, of uh, electricity. Um, and this mix is going to be and, and needs to be cleaner moving forward. Um, this is something that you hear in, in politics. Uh, the big industrial players are talking about it and, of course, big producers like Unipa, and it's reflected in our uh, green strategy as well. Um, when we now talk about the power market itself, uh, production of green power, um, what's the, the status there and where do you see developments moving to? Or, you know, what needs to happen in Europe, uh, especially um, to make all of this happen? Uh, yes, the, the, the share of uh, green power has significantly increased and needs to increase further. So in, in Germany, we already have uh, days where uh, the entire demand, power demand is then met by uh, renewable energy sources. And that's good. And that trend needs to be co to continue. So we obviously need to build more renewable um, power, solar, PV, uh, uh, wind onshore and offshore uh, in Europe uh, than to make that work. But there will be for the decades to come still hours, uh, even days yeah, or longer periods when uh, that's not enough and where we need uh, dispatchable power to balance the system. And uh, that is mainly in the current situation gas. So we are phasing out coal um, and uh, so it needs to be gas then. Uh, and that needs to be then uh, made fit so it can at the future then also uh, use hydrogen and uh, preferably even even uh, green hydrogen of course so yeah. and that's the transition part we need to uh, take and it's uh, not an easy task uh, we have identified the need and uh, the government has, uh, has also prepared a strategy around that the the eu has also um, issued the green deal and the targets uh, for um, for these developments, uh, but it needs to happen, and we need to have the environment where these um, these power plants are built. These power plants that today use gas and tomorrow will use hydrogen. So there's a huge of uncertainty in there, and uh, we need to have the regulatory framework that uh, enables us to build uh, these plants and make the transition. Okay, understood. And then maybe um, to explain a little bit as well, because 
you know, in, in that regards, we always talk about PPAs, power purchase agreements as well when it comes to, you know, uh, renewable power. Um, can you explain maybe in, in a few sentences what this is all about? Yeah, PPAs are very much on vogue. Everybody wants to have them. And the reason is <clears throat> that all the industrial um, um, uh, gas users or power, the, or the industrial electricity users, and all um, also the uh, utilities that serve uh, us as customers um, want to become increasingly green and need to become increasingly green. For example, in the power bills, it's displayed what the mix of power is, and you want to be as green as you can be. Uh, the way to do this for uh, these utilities, but also for the industrial customers who have similar considerations for their products, um, they need uh, green electricity. And at the same time, then developers of solar PV uh, parks or wind farms then um, want to sell their energy. And what the, the way this is done is through these PVAs. You can separate um, uh, the basically the, the the value chain. Yeah, and yes. uh, as a as, as a buyer, you can buy green energy and uh, be green. And they at the same time have the can concentrate on building. Um, they are uh, building their wind uh, wind turbines and building yep. their solar PV installations. Yeah, so that's uh, that's what PPAs are about. Okay, yeah, a field where Unipar, uh, as you mentioned, is, is really active in as yes. well. And you know, it's 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 part of our new strategy, which we announced uh, beginning of August as well. Um, you know, very green strategy, and uh, you know. That was good news. We also had uh, really positive uh, numbers when we look at the first half of the year. So that was really promising. Plus our board of management is now complete. So a lot of positive news on the Unipa front. And uh, you know, with this tailwind, um, we will we will uh, fly to uh, Singapore now, um, where you will also go again, not on vacation. I'm really sorry, um, but to attend the gas tech. How important is um, the gas tech for the energy world? Yeah, gas tech is the uh, biggest uh, gas industry event uh, of the year. Uh, and it's called gas tech, uh, so it creates the impression it's only about uh, gas as in methane, but it's increasingly uh, focusing on other topics as well. So it's increasingly also focusing on hydrogen, uh, hydrogen der derivatives, ammonia, and uh, on this development and on technologies that uh, can decarbonize gas. So the gas industry uh, is very much understood that the decarbonization is something uh, they have to uh, to manage and to drive and to shape going forward. And this is what uh, GasTech is all about. So I'm very much looking forward uh, to meeting uh, people there and discussing this. And it's also fair to say, say that in established uh, business relationships are very important. So the people we discuss LNG today, with we, whom we discuss LNG today, we also discuss uh, very often ammonia supplies and hydrogen supplies. So that's uh, clearly then a good foundation then to increasingly decarbonize. Good deal. Looking forward to hear all about it. Then uh, we can discuss that in, in the next uh, Insight episode. And thank you very much for your time, uh, Gregor. And of course, um, safe travels to Singapore. Yeah, thanks, Florian, and uh, great to catch up. Okay. All right. And to you out there, thank you very much for watching. Hope you tune in next time again. Until then, bye bye.